Training camps are open, the pads are on, it's time for football. We have reached August, ladies and gentlemen, and let it be known throughout the land that this week there is NFL football exhibition style beginning very, very soon. And we'll have that all wrapped in a bow for you here on the Sunday card back again. Matty Ice, Matty Seabat Silbreth, I am Dan Zampano, taking a little hiatus from the show last week. Had to get a few things done, you know. Married a man. The guy's a married man now. So. Married man. Did you enjoy yeah. the wedding? It was a fantastic wedding. It was a beautiful day down in the Commonwealth of Virginia at a, at a beautiful, beautiful vineyard. It, the dance floor was ablazing. I got to throw I got to throw the pigskin around yeah. with five of the 20 Zampanos. I mean, it was I was living my own dream out there just in quarterback camp with with playing from all of the all of the veterans Zampano quarterbacks that I was out there throwing the sling of the rock around with me and Danny. So that was great. That was a fun time. That was you still have those Tory Holt fingers that you talked about. I, do, I still it's a little a little bloody thumb still. I just I, <laughs> I had a I thought I was going to lose the thumbnail on that thing. It was just absolutely I had had a few libations by then, so my hands were not the hands were not uh, what they should be. I was going to say, I'm like, bad, bad, I put oh, bad tape out there. I put some did, bad tape out you there. You did. You you had a couple of like effort plays, but you had a lot of effort plays that just ended in incompletions after they hit your hands. And I'll leave it at that. I didn't eat it in the mud. There was a, there was almost a, a downfall in the mud situation. Thank God we didn't ruin we didn't ruin the suit jacket with that. No, no, we can't do that. It would have been a disaster. That was a very you were in like the worst part of the field too. That that was I, that was rough. It was a little sloppy there, but it was all right. It, it was it all right. Was. We played through it. We did. We played through. It. That's exactly right. Uh, appreciations, the lady, uh, the little guy. Uh, we had a good time and got to spend some time in the Outer Banks and then West Palm Beach and the rest of it. So honeymoon's over. Summer is basically over because I smell fall. I smell football. That's what I do. I mean, what is, I have a question for you. What is the most hype thing you've seen on Twitter that actually isn't hype, but you're actually hype about it? I mean, Lou's not with us today, but Gary Wilson and Gary Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Is just all oh, that I would just say, but just just the connection yes. that we keep seeing between Rogers and Garrett Wilson. He's got me feeling like I want to take him like you know one one in fantasy drafts this year, but oh. I'm not going to do that. Like it's we're we're getting. I mean, it's, it's already we're already getting a high draft price on Garrett Wilson. Like we're getting a middle early second round, but that looks great. Um, and then as far as I, I wanted to give this shout out to him. Glad you brought this up. I don't know if you've seen what what our man Steve Smith Sr. has been doing on his mm-hmm. Instagram. The Falcons keep putting out highlight tapes of the cor- of the corners making plays or the wide receivers, like, and they won't show the quarterback throwing the ball. And Steve Smith's just getting <laughs> on the true. camera saying, "Who is throwing this ball?" They won't show Desmond Ritter throwing the worst passes on the planet. It might be the backup. It might be whoever's backing him up. But I'm ninety percent sure it's Desmond Ritter throwing. God awful passes, and they oh. won't show his face or, or his number or his jersey of him at all on the film. And Steve Smith Sr. is demanding to see who's throwing these passes. It is my I, I love it. It's so that funny. is so funny. Yeah, I have seen like Drake London make some sick catches that he should have no business making. And all I see is Bijan cooking everybody on defense on, on that. Like I've seen so many videos of him just leaving jock straps on the field for the defenders. The one guy I will say that I've actually gotten super hype about, 
that is throwing dimes. How about Jordan Love? I've seen Jordan Love all over my Twitter timeline. There is a lot of hype around Jordan Love right now. Definitely, I would say, as far as quarterbacks go, he is the one getting propped up the most, I think. Oh, him and Justin Fields are getting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of, of heat. We have been gone for so long. There are, like, some crazy things happening. First off, DeAndre Hopkins signed the day of my wedding, which sucked, to the Titans. To not the Patriots. To not the Patriots, which is awful. Jalen Ramsey is out until, like, December with, like, a partially torn meniscus. That sucks for the Dolphins and their defense. Joe so Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow's Burrow. got a calf. Yeah, you know, uh, it could have been a lot worse. I think he'll be where we – I think he'll be there week one. And then how about your boy Jonathan Taylor wants out of Indy? Like the running back stuff just keeps going. The running back drama is insane. And I don't quite know what – I was just having conversations with people this earlier at work after, after our sales meeting. It's like you could just – if you put yourself in the shoes of the running back, you're like, I absolutely deserve to be paid more, especially guys like Saquon and Josh Jacobs, who are crucial to their offense. Saquon produced like something like 35% of the total offensive yards for the Giants last year. Mm-hmm. But then you put yourself in the shoes of the owner, and it's just not a smart business decision to extend a long-term contract to a running back to play into his 30s when they start to go downhill. It's really, I don't, there's got to be something done about, think about the franchise tag, but I don't know if it will because it's really only affecting this one position. Right. There's got to be something done about this running back situation, though. I mean, we're going to be have I – mean, we just got Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott just still sitting out in the market. And Leonard Fournette is still out there, too. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of solid running backs. Like, Dalvin Cook, obviously, I think is is the main thing. I, how he has not signed with the Jets yet is beyond me. Maybe he will by the time this podcast is out. But um, – and Zeke's with the Patriots looking at them, and, and Fournette was with the Patriots. It's It's been a lot of just mixing and matching. So – I agree with you. I mean, the Christian McCaffrey contract is really screwing a lot of things up for, for the rest of the running backs because it's it's just way out of whack for the franchise tag, quote-unquote. So that's it, what's going on. I mean, it's been crazy, and we'll try to keep track of it as we keep going through every single week. But as we do every week, this is the AFC West Positional Ranking Show. Matty Ice's Stallions with the brand-new cold-as-ice white helmets. Those were pretty sweet, the Broncos. With our brand new head coach getting a little saucy in his press conferences. Yeah, yeah, calling some people. Out. I mean, you have to love that a little bit. I, I mean, that's that's just Sean Payton. Sean Payton is really just a to the point kind of a guy. I mean, you know, maybe he was trying to drag the former head coach's name through the mud to to boost up Russell Wilson a little bit, but it's kind of just how Sean Payton's always been. He's not a – he doesn't mince words at all. No. And honestly, that guy sucked as a coach. So, I mean, I get it, like, respect, but he sucked. He, he did state facts. He goes, they couldn't get plays in on time. They were the slowest of getting plays in. He had to bring in someone to call timeouts for him. I mean, he did just state facts. He did. Russell Wilson had his own office outside of the locker room, apparently. Like, what is that about? Like, that's crazy. No, no more of that, you know. Okay. The team, the team, the team. The team, the team, the team. I love it. That's a Michigan thing. Let's do the AFC West, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, Chargers. One of those things is not like the other, hence a Super Bowl champion. Chiefs are back. Mahomes is back. It's going to be rad. But first, let's do our blind player resume. 
Every week, we do a blind player resume of statistical analysis. It is a top player at the position versus a player inside the division that might be underrated. So let's see if Matty Ice can guess this one. We've done six of these so far. Done okay. I, I think you've like maybe probably four or six that you've done pretty well. It will give me fifty percent. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we you know we we we'll try to adjust the grading system here a little bit. Uh, player A. Here we go. AFC West. Player A played in seventeen games last year. Sixty-three catches on one hundred and eighteen targets. Just a wretched catch percentage. Uh, 888 yards receiving, seven touchdowns, 14.1 yards per catch, playing 96% of offensive snaps. Player B just played in 14 games last year, but he had 67 catches on 96 targets, still 804 yards and six touchdowns, but just 12 yards per catch, playing 79% of snaps. Who is player A, and who is player B? Player A, Jerry Judy? It is not, but he was a consideration for this player A. He's roughly around there. Although I will say, this player A is a top 10 paid player at his position. Hmm. Top 10 paid player at the position. So you got to think about that, that one. Because he's, he's a little, he's, he may be not the first guy you think of, but he is really good. I know Keenan Allen didn't play. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams did not play 17 games. They never no, played they did not. Games. No, they did not. Um, Devontae Adams said way more than that. Are we talking? Give me all right. We're talking wide receiver, right? Not tight end. Yes, wide receiver. End? Wide receiver. Okay. Shoot. Um, Cortland Sutton's not in the top 10 paid, is he? No, he's. Or no, Hunter Renfro. Did he? He just got his extension. Nah, he, it's not him. Ah. Remember, this guy doesn't have to be in the division. So. Oh, player A is not in the player division. Player A is not in the division. Oh, you got me stumped now. So then player B in the division. Mm-hmm. Is that Gordon Sutton? It is not. MVS? Nope. You got me bad <laughs> here. You got me in a bad spot I got spot you in a here. pretzel. Oh, wait, wait. So wait, you said, so player B, though. Keen now. Player B, I'll give you the, I'll give you the, just the, the rundown again. Player A, 63 catches on 118 targets. Player B, 67 catches on 96 targets. Player A, 888 yards and seven touchdowns. Player B, 804 yards and six touchdowns, 14 yards a catch for player A, 12 yards a catch for player B. But player A played in 17 games, and player B played in 14. Is player B Keenan Allen? No, it is not. All right, I, I might have to just throw in the towel here. I'm making, making a fool of myself, okay. I think. You're, all right. You want one more guess, or, you, or you're done? Oh, I, usually can, I can usually at least get the guy in the division. Yeah. Player B is underrated, and he's in the division. You're going to be mad at me when I say it. Too. Jacoby Myers? It is Jacoby Myers. Okay. It all right. All right. All right. Myers. Okay. Player and then a guy paid at the top, top 10 rate in the league. Not the first guy you think of. So I'll give you a hint, too. Both of these players played for different teams last year. Jacoby Myers okay. and this guy. So this guy's on a new team because he just got a fat new contract. That means. Well, I got nothing. Put, I got nothing. For, I got nothing for player. We got to put the video out of you pondering because it's very entertaining. I know. About, I'm, I'm and I'm scrolling through the depth charts here. I'm looking. How about one DJ Moore would be player A? Wow, that's bad. Bad year for DJ Moore. 
Yeah, he had a down year. Had a down year. And and yeah, bad I, quarterbacks, I, though. Bad well, quarterbacks. Bad quarterbacks, but you know what? I figured, you know, both of these players were in bad offenses. Yeah. Like so, you know, I thought it was pretty comfortable. Jacoby Myers only playing 14 games easily would have had a thousand yards. So that's pretty interesting. You know, and I'm not yeah, I'm a huge s- Jacoby Myers guy. I'm sitting here thinking you're putting a Bronco in here and you're just putting a former Patriot in there, which is I more know. your MO. Which is more your MO. I, I wanted to put in like, you know, a defensive player like Baron Browning or somebody just to mess with you. But yes, Jacoby Myers, underrated. DJ Moore, maybe a bad year last year. We'll see if he bounces back with your boy Fields out in Chicago. Let's do it. Let's get down the positional rankings every week. We do quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers, defenses, and coaching rooms. Maddie, quarterback room is pretty straightforward, I think. Maybe some disagreement, but maybe. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, I think it starts at the top, so have at it. I, I, I think this is one of the more clear-cut lists we've had. I'm just debating if you're going to be something fishy here just to mess around. But if we can go four through one, sure. we'll start with James, James Garoppolo. Number three is Russ. Two is Justin, and number one is Patrick. So that would be, from top to bottom, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Jimmy Garoppolo at the bottom. Yeah, we're going to disagree. You've got Russ four. I've got Russ four. I do. I just, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, I'll just explain it. Russ is four, um, and and honestly, to me, I just have not – I, and this was the biggest fall from grace I think we've ever had because I was so high on Russell coming to Denver. I was so high on him. And what I've seen over the last year has just been complete implosion of not just a player but a person. I mean, it's, it is it is bad. And to be honest with you, if you look at Russell Wilson, um, I think it's his worst passer rating that he's had in like 10 years that he had last year. Uh, only played in 15 games. I mean, we don't have to go through the whole stat list. It was terrible. Horrible. He was himself very bad to the point where offensive linemen were screaming at him on the sideline. Um, it, it was it was rough. And if you and I understand that you know Jimmy Garoppolo has the idea of that. Okay, but he doesn't play. He hasn't played a full season since 2019. Russell Wilson hasn't played a full season since 2020. And if you look at the stats from last year, before Jimmy went out, in 11 games, Jimmy already was at 2,500 yards. He had 16 touchdowns and four picks, 67% completion percentage, almost eight yards of throw, and get this, was on pace to throw more attempts than at any point in his career. So to me, Russell Wilson has relegated himself now not just as a football player, but as a leader. As a leader, I put Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of Russell Wilson right now. I do not see Russell Wilson leading his team in any way. To the point, he's rubbed people the wrong way. But Russell Wilson has relegated himself to the level of Jimmy Garoppolo. And nobody's better at being Jimmy Garoppolo than Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's why I put Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of Russell Wilson. And, you know, the McDaniels connection. I think that will definitely serve Jimmy Garoppolo well. I think that's a part of it. I know nobody wants to hear that, but they have worked together in the past. Herbert and Mahomes are a whole different category of breed. Herbert deserves the contract that he got. 
Mahomes is probably going to want more money at some point here. We're dumb. We're stupid. We said Mahomes wasn't at the top. of. Uh, I said Mahomes wasn't at the top of this last year, and I was dumb. So he was first or second in every statistical category and was the MVP. So that's where I am. Yeah, did you know you had Russ ahead of him last year? Did you know? I did. Have, that's see, how bad it was. I, I think so. This is I could see. This is I think an overcorrection by you, just you know, feeling a little bit of some kind of way about how your take was last year. So I can understand, but I I'm willing to throw out what I mean as far as if you just look at seasons that Russell Wilson has had, by far an outlier year. As just like the most disgusting outlier year that he's had. Uh, with all sorts of things going on around him. And I, I think not it's not just a new head coach as far as a system, but it's a new head coach as far as just culture change and everything going on. Um, and just that, you know, that entire organization, I think, feels different right now, the Broncos this year, than it did last year with, with a brand new, young, first-year head coach uh, that clearly didn't have his act together. So, I, again, I, I'm just willing to throw that out. And Russell Wilson, at his peak, you know, his years in Seattle, you would never take Jimmy Garoppolo over him. I don't, I don't think. No. Um, so I, I just think that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that that should just be an outlier in his career. Um, and he, even if he's not back to his Seattle levels, uh, when his, you know, Russ deserves and the MVP votes kind of level, uh, kind of years. Um, I think that he's going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, okay. And uh, we'll get more on your guy, McDaniels, who you're still not going to, we'll get to that later. We'll definitely get to that later. There's oh, no question. I, I got I got some evidence. You got receipts. You got receipts. Uh, no, I, I think uh, I think there's an argument for both sides for Jimmy and for Russell Wilson. I just obviously we're going to lean different ways for obviously different reasons. Let's go to running backs. This was hard. This was yeah. I, I really had a tough time because there are running backs in each on each team that are really good. There's also I had to factor in like the uh, scheme in which the offense is that helps these running backs to do what they do. So to me, as difficult was it as it was, you we might really disagree here. I had Denver four, the Raiders at three, Kansas City at two, and I had the Chargers number one. Okay. So I could see okay. So I, I, I do agree with you with the Broncos at four. I'll start I'll start, you know, just right there. Um because I agree. As much as I I mean, trust me, I love Javante Williams as like mm-hmm. a fan of the team. I just love the way he runs hard, but it, it, there's no doubt that the other talent in, you know, and they have Samaji P right now come in, but he's not a not anything more than a third down back, I think. So um I have the Broncos four. I have the Chiefs at three. I have the Chargers at two. And I have the Raiders at I have the Raiders and Josh Jacobs at one. Mm. Um, now I can get what you say as far as I can see how you can get there with Jacobs talking about the scheme that he plays. Obviously, he got an immense amount of workload last year. Ridiculous. I mean, it, it was just feed him. Uh, I think he had probably three. He probably touched the ball three hundred fifty times last year. You know, over two fifty attempts and and, and and close to you know. No, he had he speech. had. I think he had almost three hundred fifty carries. Like yeah, I, I, it, it, so I, I can understand that getting there with, you know, saying, okay, obviously he's going to have more yards than these guys with how he is. But for a guy that was playing in the Hall of Fame game last year, Josh Jacobs, which is for the low levels, and, and like playing in the second half of the Hall of Fame game last year, Josh Jacobs, to have the year he had 
And obviously still not going through all this franchise tag and contract BS that he's got to go through. I mean, I thought he just proved himself as, you know, really being an elite talent. I mean, he could do everything you want out of a running back. And I think that even if he wasn't on the Raiders, I think if you put him on any sort of, you know, qualifying playoff team, uh, you know, obviously on the Chiefs, he would have success. But, you know, put him on on, on a team like uh, like the Lions, you know, who, who want to run the football as well first. I mean, he is – I think he's just a, a, a great, great talent uh, at the position. And then, obviously, we, Eckler at two does everything. Uh, I mean, catches – Catches nearly 100 balls. I mean, I think he caught 100 balls last year. 107, uh, uh, 107 catches. We, we, there's there's two guys in the league that do that. It's him and Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Uh, obviously, probably less of a in-between tackles and just straight up running the ball kind of running back than McCaffrey is. Um, the Chiefs obviously have kind of got like a three-headed monster there with Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and McKinnon. And, and that was the clear differential. I was going to maybe put the Chiefs fourth, but I view – Do you how, how closely do you view – Javante Williams and Isaiah Pacheco together. Uh, I feel so like they close. are two young, just full head of steam, run really violently kind of kind of running backs. Yeah, violently, full head of steam, jumpy. Like they jump mm-hmm. out of their cuts like so well, especially Javante. But Pacheco's just performance last year down the stretch. How about freaking Jarek McKinnon down the stretch was elite pass touchdown head. machine. He was in a touchdown machine. He was insane. And I'm like, does CEH even, even exist anymore? I've heard really good things about their fourth string kid, Daenerys Prince, how good that he is performed in training camp. The, I put them, and, and this is where we're going to talk about it, is I put them at two just because of the scheme that they run with the amount of backs they have that are diverse. It's really hard to, to, to see, to, to stop that. Because they're throwing a lot of things at you. They put multiple backs in the game at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, for what they do, I think that that camaraderie and chemistry is the best for their offense. With Jacobs, reason being is, yes, there were almost 400 touches last year. And that is difficult to sustain by one guy. Then you look at what's behind him, and it's there's just not – there's a 30-year-old Amir Abdullah and a 33-year-old Brandon Bolden. Uh, and I know they got Zamir White there, who's young but very unproven. They they even they, they play fullback games, you know, like that's what they do. They want to run the football. That's what they want to do. And to give Jacobs that many targets and that many carries one year and expect that to be comparable the next, that's a very, very difficult ask with a room that old outside of them so that's why i had him there i think eckler is the combination of everything like eckler to me is the most one of the most he might be outside of mccaffrey the most dynamic player at the position and and to be able to do that 107 107 receptions to have 900 yards rushing and a 750 yards catching still had after having i think 18 touchdowns the year before had what 16 last year i mean it was insane what he's done and what he has behind him is younger are guys that have actually played in the league like Josh Kelly and, and Spiller's going to be in his second year. Like these are guys that have gotten time on the field. Um, but Eckler's the do everything guy. And normally I would say like, yeah, I don't care that much about running back. I don't. Uh, Cause I, again, these guys are razor blades to me, but Eckler is just so unique. So, so, so unique as a weapon that I had to have them at number one 
considering that and considering that they have guys that have played in the backfield. Yeah, just speaking on their backfield, I can't help but give a good name shout out when we see a good name on the depth chart. Lawrence Roundtree the yes. third. Uh, I mean, just another fantastic one. So, but no, I, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, bringing up Amir Abdullah, I cannot believe that guy is still even in the league. Um, but yeah, Austin Eckler, I mean, like I said, as far as like dynamic guys at that position, uh, regardless of what team they play on, it's we, we said him, McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. I think those are just the guys that are, are, are head and shoulders above, above the rest. Yeah, no, no question. B. John Robinson coming in the league. What, no, I, you are correct, sir. That is, they are all what we saw Kamara be three, four years ago. This is the new crop of those guys. It really is. Uh, and McCaffrey and Eckler have been around. So, uh, pass catchers, let's do it. Again, another just difficult guy. There seems like there's elite talent or elite depth at a lot of these places, but. Uh, it, it was again kind of a difficult dance for me specifically on on how we were going to do this. So fire away. Yeah, I think this one we're going to get into for sure. I think there's so much so much to, to talk about here. I, I regrettably have to put the Broncos fourth again, partially from the news that came out today as we record. RIP to Tim Patrick again, oh, uh, Achilles. So second season-ending injury happening in training camp before he even gets to play a game. Last year was an ACL. This year it's an Achilles. So uh, again, they're kind of their secret weapon of you know we've got the other two guys, Jerry Judy and Sutton, that really lead that. Uh, and Tim Patrick's that secret third weapon that you can, oh you forget about Tim Patrick and he's such a good red zone weapon. And now he's going to miss another year. They were just saying how he was the best receiver in camp so far the season and they end up losing Hamler with a heart condition. So he's on, he's been waived. So like it's, it's just bad to worse with this group. It's, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, so now behind Jerry, Judy and Cortland Sutton, you've got, you know, Kendall Hinton, emergency quarterback extraordinaire, <laughs> uh, Kendall Hinton and, and tight end Greg Dulcich. So yeah, things aren't looking great for the Broncos as far as that goes with Tim Patrick going down again. Number three, have the Raiders with mm. one of the best wide receivers in the league. We have the Raiders. We're going to get, again, I'll, I'll go through more of the stats in this later. Number two, I have the Chiefs. And number one, I have the Chargers. How did we get all four correct? How did yeah. we line that up? I, I, you know, and honestly, but it's always the ones that I think we're going to argue with the most that I think we actually end up aligned because I have the same exact list, A, and B, I, I agree with everything everything you're saying. I mean, I assume you're saying with the Raiders, like Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey are canceling each other out for me when it comes to Raiders-Chiefs comparisons. The Raiders just feel like there are tryhards or older dudes that mm. are have had success other places and even some success, minimal success at the Raiders. But they're not the guys that McDaniels really wants out there. And like I've said before, I think Jacoby Myers is excellent at separating. I don't think he's an explosive receiver. I think he's a guy that will be maybe a chain mover that'll just run the route to to the first down marker and, and, and move the chain. Like that's that's all he is. He's not an explosive player to me where the Chiefs have so many guys that not only are going to be explosive, but with the best tight end in the league, you know, offensively, it's just too much to deal with. Jacoby Myers feels like he could just be bottom of the league as far as like 
uh, yak like it, it, every time. He feels like he's a guy, he catches the ball and he just goes down right away at the first down market. He's diving forward and that's it. Like he just doesn't have anything once he catches that no ball. Juice. No uh, juice. No, he's got nothing on him. Uh, and just, I want to just get more into the Raiders here because I, I was sure. just getting into numbers today and it's crazy. Devontae Adams did manage to get his 100 catches last year because he's elite. He got 100 catches on 180 targets. <laughs> that should be in the range of 125 catches or so. For example, Justin Jefferson was the only one that had more targets than him at 184. He had 128 receptions. Yeah. He had almost 30 more catches than him. It's a 55% catch rate for Devontae Adams. And this made me think more. So I want to backtrack a small bit to the quarterbacks here. Sure. Thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking Jim, Jimmy, James, uh, is a downgrade maybe from Derek Carr. But as I get into this, because I'm thinking he's not going to be able to get the ball downfield for him. We know he doesn't like to throw outside of the numbers. So I'm trying to bring that into my analysis and say, how is Devontae Adams going to keep up with these numbers with a quarterback who doesn't like to throw the ball as deep as much? Would you guess that over the past four years, Jimmy Garoppolo, had not only a higher completion percentage than Derek Carr, which I think most people would probably expect the completion percentage to be more, but his air yards per target was more than mm. Derek Carr on a four-year average. So over the past four years, Derek Carr had 66.7 completion percentage with 7.6 air yards per target. Jimmy Garoppolo, who we think of Mr. Dink and Dunk, can't throw outside the numbers, 67.9 completion percentage, a whole full percentage point more and 8.2 air yards per target. It really did blow my mind as far as thinking thinking about, again, we're getting into fantasy season for sure. I've been mock drafting like a, like a fiend, and I'm debating how to treat Devontae Adams going middle, late second round, thinking quarterback downgrade, but I don't, I don't know so much this year. Uh, but that was just my kind of random numbers that I really ended up getting a little too uh, carried away with earlier. Uh, and then just one more quick point of the Raiders is, Hunter Renfro is just not a McDaniels kind of guy, huh? I mean, Josh McDaniels just doesn't like Hunter Renfro. Uh, Which makes no sense because he would be, he looks like it would be a natural Patriot, you know. The prototype. I mean, he had 100 catches in in 21. He had 100 catches in 17 games. And in those 17 games, he had 10 games that he had eight targets or more. This past year, I don't have how many total catches he had. It was very low. He only had one game out of his 10 that he played that he had eight targets or more. And that's just, he's just a volume move the chains kind of guy. And I, it, I just don't know what Josh McDaniels is going. And we'll get more on McDaniels when we get to the coaching tricks. Mm-hmm. But sure yeah, I, like I said, Kelsey is so far above, uh, head and shoulders above the rest of the tight ends of the league. He was the only tight end to finish third in the league in receptions. Or, you know, top 10 in receptions. He was third in the league amongst all pass catchers, which is just so far above the rest of the tight ends that he's, you know, tight end, wide receiver, whatever it is. He's one of the best in the league. Yeah, he's your first round. He's a first round possibility for you in fantasy. By the way, Hunter Renfro had 36 catches last year. How crazy is that? Um, but why are the Chargers number one? Depth. So much depth. Mm. I, I mean, they've got we just need Keenan Allen and Michael Williams to stay on the field for the same time. I mean, they're Not never on the field at the same time. You've got a guy and Josh Palmer's a decent third wide receiver. And then I think that's why you draft a guy like Quentin Johnson at a TCU is because more than likely one of those top two guys is going to be down. And yeah. he feels like Mike Williams 2.0. Yeah. 
Does he Literally. not? Literally. Yeah. Big body can run a great nine route and just he's just good at being bigger than everybody else. He's underrated with his yards after catch ability, though. Like his knock on him is maybe has a little bit of the dropsies like in college, but he's huge. He's what, 6'3, 220? With he's burner a, speed. Yeah, with burner speed. He's a big guy. So uh, watch the Michigan tape and watch him take off on that third down uh, when they all out blitzed him and he beats the receiver to the edge. I mean, he's good. So, and I love Josh Palmer. We've liked Josh Palmer. He was very productive last year when those guys were out. Um, you expect Gerald Everett and Donald Parham to be, you know, professional tight ends. Um, as explosive as the Chiefs can be, I, I don't see the elite level talent. It's going to still take that. Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice are going to have to develop. Richie James is going to have to come over and do what he did last year with the Giants. He could be, he could be a sneaky play. I think he's going to be a bigger role in this offense than most. And as well as another guy that they got from the Giants last year, Kadarius Tony. He yeah. didn't have time to really to get acclimated when he came over mid-year, but they use him in a lot of gadget plays. And I think that he has a big chance to step up in this offense. But yeah, again, like the Chiefs offense, they don't need good wide receivers. That's the reason. I mean, they've got Mahomes and they've got the number one guy that you need in Kelsey. He's got his reliable target for third downs. Like those guys are going to produce numbers more here than they will anywhere else because they've got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's it's the creativity of what they have, and I think they'll do a lot more with those running backs as well. Like, they'll put those guys out there. They'll have no problem with that. I, there's plenty of room for Juju's numbers to go around. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's not, uh, not, a, not a huge loss. Yeah, not huge. Defense. <laughs> oh, this one was shocking. Shocking, I would say. Um, I'm just going to go for it. And yeah. I, I, I honestly, when I went, like, look back at the numbers, I think there's a clear separation between the top two and the bottom two. Clear separation, in my opinion. Okay. Vegas, number four. Yeah. The Chargers at number three. Denver at number two. I had the Chiefs at number one. And it was really close. It was like, I was, I was really close. I could, you could, you could argue it for me that Denver would be number one. I would, completely be there with you the Chargers and Raiders were so bad last year now the Chargers granted were better in the in the last five games of the year like they did start to play well but there is nothing indicating that they've fixed anything with the run defense at all they were a sieve for most of the year and the Raiders were just piss poor all over the place they did not get the near year they had they wanted from Chandler Jones Max Crosby was the one bright spot on their on their defense Denver still has some dogs. They they got some dudes in free agency. And Kansas City did too. Kansas City replaced like, you know, some guys at pass rush. Their their secondary is good. What say you on this? Well, I wouldn't argue that the Broncos should be number one because I have the same list, believe it or mm. not. And I, I was. And this is when I sent a message to our group chat before we go on. I go, damn, the Chiefs are really good for my research. <laughs> and the problem was is that we know that they're supposed to be good on offense and you just chuck them up and you throw them at the top. When I ended up with them number one on defense in my list, I was like, just damn it. I didn't just, I just think they're going to win the Super Bowl again. <laughs> that, that one was tough to swallow. Uh, yeah. So also you start for the bottom. I'll go top down here. I mean, they have had, and I was thinking about how the chiefs have done this. I mean, they've had the Liberty since Mahomes came in and since probably the first time around that they went to the Super Bowl, that they've now been able to invest every single one of their draft picks into defense. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done nothing but spend it on corners, a little bit of offensive line, corners and defensive line has been what they have just absolutely invested in. Trent McDuffie last year ended up finishing the year with a really solid season uh, after, you know, finding his way. George Karloftis, another, you know, decent, can get home every once in a while. Uh, Brian Cook has been a great safety for them. That another, another guy, same draft year as Trent McDuffie. And then obviously now he is holding out currently, but Chris Jones, one of the best defensive linemen in the league hmm. uh was 15 and a half sacks last yep. year i mean just absolutely insane and also had the league's leading tackler and nick bolton another guy that they drafted homegrown he's, talent he's, he's incredible that guy. flies he around the field yeah I, I mean it and it's really it just feels like it's happened so quickly not to mention with a, a corner that we love in spagnola who's never going to give you the same look from game to game right. he's never going to give you something that you're, you're expecting when you come into that game the Broncos, long gone are the days of the pass rush, man. I mean, I just a few years ago, we're looking at Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, even though they never, ever played together because one of them was always hurt. Hmm. But every season we came into it looking, saying, man, you're going to have both these guys coming at you from each end. I mean, they've got it more at the, you know, more at the, playing a 3-4 game. They've got the outside the rushers. You know, you, you're going to be able to, to piece it together with, with, you know, Baron Browning, who's starting the year on the pup, but I love his motor, just a high motor defensive end or say outside linebacker. They've got Randy Gregory who got hurt last year, only played, I think four games. And then they bring in Frank Clark uh, again, but getting older. So not much we could say about that. But the secondary is where it's at for the Broncos. So the, sec- the secondary graded uh, second best in the NFL, as far as a coverage grade. Uh, I mean, Justin Simmons and, uh, PS2, Patrick Sertan, the second, are just top elite players at their position. Uh, and so that's really where this defense is going to get away. And then as well as uh, some good linebackers as well, Josie Jewell and um, Alex Alexander. Singleton. Yeah. Yes, Alex Singleton, that's it. So um, two really good linebackers there as far as, like, you know, run blocking. But uh, the, the D-line itself, the, you know, guys playing down in the three-point, not a lot of names that are really popping off the depth chart there. Well, I will tell you this. I think DJ Jones coming over from San Francisco is going to help a lot because there was a clear Shelby Harris losing him. You know, there was a clear hole there. DJ Jones is going to help a lot. Zach Allen coming over from Arizona, who's been in this league a long time, has been playing in Arizona. Nobody really knows that he's actually decent uh, of a defensive end. I think, I think Baron Browning, there was a really good step. Baron Browning didn't have a ton of sacks and, and had uh, a decent amount of pressures, but he had, you know, or I'm sorry, quarterback hits. He had some of the most pressures in the league. He was like a top five pressure rate guy. Um, in terms of, I think the, the stat was time to, uh, from the point at which he, he has his, the ball is snapped to when he has the jump. He's one of the fastest get off guys in the league. He is insanely explosive. He, I mean, he he looks so much faster than everybody else in the field when he's out there. And when he, like I said, when when he gets his jump, I mean, man, he blows by tackles, uh, like in a split second. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're good. I think I think this team easily could finish as the top defense in this division. Easily could be a top five defense in the league. Um, just based, I don't think that their depth is as bad as you think it is. I think Pat Sertan is elite level top two or three corner in the league right now. Justin Simmons is in the same category. They bring over K1 Williams from San Francisco. It's just to me, I don't even care about the other two defenses. 
Like, the other two defenses, to me, until I see Staley do what he was built here to do, I'm not believing it. I don't care who you bring in on offense. They're not winning anything. You can get to the playoffs all you want. They're not winning anything until they fix this defense. And bringing over one free agent is not going to do is not going to do it. I'm sorry. And the Raiders, we already know their problems. So that's where I am with this. Yeah, one player on the Chargers I want to break up, how, just how you feel about him. Khalil Mack. I just, he came over at the start. I honestly thought I, I was picturing him coming over midway through last year, but that was two years ago. And I'm just thinking of him, and I'm like, he was there. He had eight sacks. He's going to the year 10 at 32. I just feel like time for, for having Joey Bosa on the other side of you, where you got to choose if who you're going to double team, you would just think that he would have had a little bit more success, I feel like. But I just, he might be over the hill. A former elite player that is now in the good category. He's a good player. He's not a bad player. He's just not an elite player. And you're you're paying for elite. You're not getting that. And honestly, Joey Bose is kind of in the same category right now. I mean, he's a good he's he's a good player. There's no question. Is he elite? Is he one of the best edge rushers in the league? He's not his brother. He's not his brother. And he ain't no Micah Parsons either. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, he once was there, but Nick Nick and Micah, to me, are, you know, they're 99s on Madden. You know, like that's yeah. what they are. You know? Yeah. He's not there anymore. Same thing with Randy Gregory. Um, you know, kind of in that same vein of of pass rusher. Just he's a good player. He's not the least scary, like, oh my gosh, we have to game plan. You probably have to game plan a little bit for Joey Bosa, but they're they're blockable. They're blockable. Mm. You know? Yeah, and I think so. I mean the Raiders Raiders outside of Max Crosby, they are you got Chandler Jones also entering I think year ten or eleven at thirty two. Marcus Peters comes over. Three that years was an removed. interesting sign. Interesting sign. Three years removed from a Pro Bowl, but again, he's coming into the season at 30 years old, and we always talk about how fast those corners go downhill. I just that that Raiders secondary is a problem. Yeah, Marcus Peters, though, since he's coming to the league, has the most interceptions of anybody. So all all well and good to sell out for the ball, but how much is how much completion percentage are you giving up? Yeah, no, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but our, you know we talk, say the same thing about Trayvon Diggs, but we'll we'll put him in the top category. You know, I mean, he's he just got paid. You know? Last last year, I think he went from more than two years ago. We were he's the guy with the interceptions. What he when he had with a crazy interception year, like fourteen or fifteen or something. That was crazy. his rookie. That was his rookie year. Yeah. And, and then last year, I, he did he took leaps and bounds. I think he got a lot better. I and mean, we were talking a lot of crap about him, but I I think yeah. he's one of the better corners in the league now as well. Marcus Peters is a Raider. He's definitely a Raider. Oh, yeah. He fits know? the culture. He fits the culture. But you're right. I don't see what they added is very suspect. Very suspect. Let's go to um, coaching. Matt, he's been hmm. waiting for this one. I can't wait to hear what he has to say, Matt. Raiders 4. Uh, Josh McDaniels, before you even get to it, Josh McDaniels in his three seasons of coaching offense uh or sorry four seasons of coaching offense that he was not with the new england patriots this offensive guru the man the myth the legend he's great uh with the broncos in 09 and 2010 uh offensive points they were 20th and 19th he was the offensive coordinator for st louis in 2011 where they were 32nd in offensive points that would be dead last uh and then last year with the raiders they were 12th but again you also have to coach the defense they were 26th in defensive points allowed so uh, Josh McDaniels, 
not a good coach outside of New England. Uh, the Chargers are number three. Staley's fourth down liability is just, you know, him just going for it and not going for it. Because now he's not even going for it every time. Now he's making up his mind and it, 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 it doesn't work out well. Obviously, I would like to bump them up a little bit more with Kellen Moore coming over because uh, oh. I love Kellen Moore. But the Broncos with new head coach coming in there, Sean Payton, Joe Lombardi coming in to call the offense for the Chargers, who was 13th and 5th in offensive points the past two years. Uh, so I think that's pretty good. And then, obviously, Chiefs number one. Yeah. No doubt. Chiefs number one. Uh, that's not even a question. Sean Payton being Super Bowl head coach. I am sorry. I'm just not going to give. I, in fact, Kellen Moore to me is detriment. He's not. He's not a bump. I am just not going to give that up. Plus, we've got yes, we've got Josh McDaniels, and I get he hasn't been a great head coach. We got our guy Mick Lombardi. We got a Lombardi coaching. Like we know who Lombardi's here. We know we know who son though Mick is. You know, we we know that. And Patrick Graham. Uh, I think is a very, very good defensive coordinator that they just have not put this team together very well. And I think this year, I think it'll be better. I, I do. I think all the teams in this division have an opportunity to be better. Maybe not the Chargers, but still, I think I think the um, the ceiling might be a little higher for the Raiders as they begin to try to, as they did last year, sift through who they actually want on this team. And once and once they have the money to do this, I think they're really going to remake their team after this year. They're going to try to float above water, and I think Jimmy will be uh, a welcome addition. I think he's underrated, uh, as as uh, some of your stats have pointed out. I just think that they're in a better position uh, to be um, to have higher success than where the Chargers are will be a year from now. And I and I think that that's where they're building towards. So I'm not going to fault McDaniel's for for one year of a bad team when it wasn't. It was rookie head coach. Uh, I'm not going to do that. You know, um, I just like the coaching staff a lot better. And like you said, Staley with the fourth down liability. That's where I'd have him at four. So that's our disagreement that we'll never agree on. Yes, you know, Dan dislikes Calamore because in offensive points in his four years, he's been. Sixth, seventeenth, first, and fourth. Um, yeah, and they have so one, definitely a bad offensive coordinator. They, they they were not good when it mattered the most at all. At all, I'll give you that. And I'll give you that. And unfortunately, he's not paired with a head coach that's going to help with that decision making. He really needs to go with a better head coach. Is the problem? Well, we'll see. We'll see if Brandon Staley is a step up from Mike McCarthy. We will definitely see. You know. Um, that's it and that's all. That's the defense right there. How about that? And Or the coaching, excuse me. Through the entire AFC West, does it just feel inevitable in this division, Matt? Unfortunately so. Unfortunately mm. so. I mean, and like I said, you, just, you already had the Chiefs up there. And then, and then our, our friend Chris, that we like to refer to on this show, likes, wanted to tag us and say, oh, no, Justin Herbert just signed a long-term contract. Doom, doom for doom for Raiders and Broncos fans. It's like we already had Mahomes for the next ten years. Yeah, so yes, matter. now I'm going to finish. Now, I'll, now I'll finish third instead of second. Like we were already doomed. Yes, it, it, it was. It was already baked into the cake with how this division will be. 
He deserves it. He does. He's a pro. I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, no, I hundred percent. That was another, that's another question that gets thrown out again, but again, lack of winning. And there is only so much one player can do. Um, and again, even if you don't look fantasy perspective, Justin Herbert's the guy this year, I think. I mean, again, as much as you might not like the winning and whatever like that, you pair up an offensive corner that's capable of producing that many points with now arm talent and receivers and stuff like, like, I mean, he's, I think he's going to have 5,000 yards this year. Oh, oh, I think it's going to be explosive. And again, the the Chargers last year had tons of injuries. Rashawn Slater missed basically the whole year. And that was like the same game that Herbert had to, I think he played, you know, probably, probably six to eight games with broken ribs uh, as a quarterback. And like the the receivers are never healthy. So uh, I I think if they're, if the health's on their side, uh, Herbert is going to have just a crazy year, especially and it helps, helps with his offensive output if the defense is still bad. Yes. 100% 100% because he'll be playing from behind uh, and just slinging it around if that's the case. We'll see if they can get back to the playoffs and avenge what the awful, awful collapse was last year. But you got to play the game first. Preseason, are you going to watch a Hall of Fame game? And are you going to celebrate it by eating anything special? Uh, I am working, so I will have it on at the bar for sure because, uh, you know, nothing better to do at that point. Um, and so I'll eat whatever they feed me there. I won't – no, I, I have nothing I, – I don't have too big a plan. I mean, like, you, you watch, like, the first quarter. You do. And then it's kind of just – it's just nice to have football on the screen in the background after that just to just to have a ball on grass, um, which we just haven't had a ton of in the summer now. So I, I'm just happy that football is back. But, again, I, mean, I more love – just training camp videos, like you said earlier, <laughs> just my favorite thing. I love it. I love it. Jets Browns is a pretty intriguing first game, though. I, I will say that. Um, and by the way, a smash under for those of you that like to do that, because that hits every. It's like Army Navy; it hits every year. So if you want to, maybe a maybe an idea for you. For Matty Ice, Matty Seamat, Silverth. I am Dan Zampano. It's been good in the West. We'll stay out there next week with the NFC version for the positional ranking show right here on the Sunday Cup. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.